Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to another episode of Crackin' One Open, a show which is my enabling excuse to keep on drinking on a weekday. hey <laughs> So, what am I drinking today? It's a good question. The answer is a little you heaven actually from don't two roads, because well, I'm, I'm pre-gaming this pre-gaming, one. Pre-gaming, yeah. <laughs> but what am I main drinking I'm I'm glad that you're kind of in the dark for this one. I have no idea if the next like, <laughs> well, this one you bought like last minute, right? Yep. You're three in the pipe, which is unusual for you to be that far ahead. Mm-hmm. And this one though superseded the other two. So well, the other two, I think I briefly saw. I you didn't did. even see like. But the this color one is a complete mystery. Yeah. And you're gonna love it. This week we are crapping open. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. Then. <laughs> This week we are cracking open Keep It Crunchy, a granola stout from Brewery Amagang in Cooperstown, New York. Oh, I like everything about what you just said. Crunchy, granola, and Amagang. All right. So time for a history lesson. According to Amagang's website, quote, Holy Roman Emperor King Charles V visited medieval Brussels in 1549 with hundreds from his royal court. To welcome the king, merchants, vendors, cooks, brewers, musicians, theater troops, and dancers lined up around the city walls and joined in a celebration as his entourage passed by. That parade became known as the Amagang, a word that variously means coming together and walking about. The Brussels Amagang Festival continues to this day. Huh. Huh. Fast forward to 1996, when Belgian breweries Duvel Mortgat, Affligum, <laughs> and Scaldus join with importers slash entrepreneurs Don Feinberg and Wendy Littlefield to build an authentic Belgian-style farmstead brewery in Cooperstown, New York. It's lo- a farm brewery? Mm-hmm. Oh, when I think of Amagang, because they're so big, I always think more industrial. No, no. 
Um, so they located this cultural transplant on an old 140-acre hop farm in the Susquehanna River Valley in a part of upstate New York, once known as Nova Belgium. Man, now I really want to go to Amagang. I know, right? I mean, we do have one of the glasses, which is what I pulled for you already. Yes. Um, I love my Amagang glass. Courtesy of my best friend who actually did visit the brewery a long time ago. Jelly. <laughs> Um, so Brewery Amagang opened in the winter of 1997 with Amagang Abbey Double, an 8.5 ABV traditional Trappist style dark ale. Brewed with a complex array of spices and packaged in 750 milliliter bottles, Abbey breaks the mold of an emerging American craft beer scene. Question. Yes. Do I like Trappist beers? Is that what Delirium Tremens is? I very close. Okay. I I think this is more of a Belgian style that you're kind of iffy on. I know I've had Trappist beers before, mm-hmm. but I can't really recall them. Yeah. Okay. I think these are the ones you're kind of iffy on. All right. So between 1997 and 2002, they expanded their offerings to include Hennepin Farmhouse Saison. Sound familiar? Yes. Since we we covered that in our Saison six-pack series. We did indeed. And Rare Voss Amber. Although I'm pretty sure I put that one in last place. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I usually love Amma King. <laughs> <laughs> so high-end culinary magazines and restaurants across the United States at this point started to take notice of this new brewery. In 2001, in response to a fan's fantasy of the perfect beer, Amagang introduced Three Philosophers, a Belgian-style quadruple ale. With a touch of Belgian Creek, a cherry beer, Three Philosophers is distinctive and offers a delicate note of dark fruit. I feel like I've had that. You definitely have. Okay. <laughs> um, in 2004, Wit Wheat Ale, an authentic Belgian-style wit beer, became the first Amagang beer packaged in kegs. Distribution continued to expand up to 44 states. And also in 2004, they held their first full-scale beer festival over the summer. Over 40 breweries and importers joined 1,500 beer aficionados in a celebration of Belgian-style brewing that included tasting, camping, local foods, and music. Over the next 15 years, more than 50,000 people would participate. That's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) Demand for Amagang continued to grow, and in 2008, this led to the expansion of their brewing facilities, which increased capacity by some 40 percent. Damn. It's a lot. In 2010, Amagang officially opened a visitor center complete with tasting room, store, 100 seat cafe and an outdoor patio. Wait, what year? At 2010. Wow. So it took them a while. Yeah. It's always surprising when you hear about, but so these older breweries, that wasn't like a big thing back then. Exactly. And now it's more of a thing. In 2010, it was definitely like, okay, we need a place for all of these craft beer people to like come and chill. Yeah. In 2011, the amphitheater behind the brewery became home to the summer concert series, which kicked off with performers such as Wilco, Lyle Lovett, Jack White, the Yvette Brothers, John Prine, Bonnie Raitt, and the Old Crow Medicine Show. Ah, the Old Crow Medicine Uh, Show. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I do recognize Wilco, Lyatt, Lovett, Jack White, the Yvette Brothers, and Bonnie Raitt. But the other two, I've literally never heard of. Mm -hmm. Concerts continue today, drawing as many as 40,000 people 
per year. Wow. Yup. Amagang began their Game of Thrones series yes. in 2013, which ran until 2019, with over a dozen beloved brews that honored the characters and storylines from the HBO series. Oh, there's so many good ones. I know. And we have two of the bottles saved to commemorate your your love of them. King of the North is definitely the best one. And I thought that was going to be my least favorite one. But at the same time, they had over a dozen and I feel like we missed so many. No, because we had one at a restaurant, I remember. Oh, I forgot about that. So I think I've had three or four. And then Dave bought one bottle, uh, my best friend. Okay. Um, and I know I had a glass from that, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, borderline pretty good. <laughs> like it wasn't like amazing. And then the King in the North and something else came out at the same time. I remember that. Yep. And I thought I was going to like the other one better, but I ended up liking King of the North. And then... Like we bought multiple bottles of it. Yeah. I think Mother of Dragons is the one that I had at the restaurant. Oh, okay. Because I was disappointed I didn't buy the bottle at the time that I saw it. And then yeah. I saw it at the restaurant. Okay. But yeah, over a dozen does make me disappointed because I did not know there were that many. No. Well, I we, we were weren't like looking for them at that point in time. We weren't looking for them in 2013. I mean, I thought they looked awesome, but yeah, you hadn't seen Game of Thrones at that point. So it wasn't nope. like special for you. You didn't care. Yeah. So in 2016... In cooperation with Cornell University, Amagang established an experimental hop yard to promote local hop farming and introduce Hop State New York, a beer made exclusively with New York grown hops. The recipe evolves each year, employing the best hops that New York State has to offer. Starting in 2018, the beer included New York barley as well, further supporting local agriculture. Whoa. Also in 2016, Amagang dipped their toes into the sour game, partnering with Leafman's, uh, their sister blendery in Belgium. They created two aged and blended sour beers, Amagang Rosetta, a creek style beer, and Amagang Pale Sour, a delicious and highly drinkable mixed culture sour ale. I do like creek beers. And they both became top sellers. But I feel like for 2016, that's pretty on on par. Like that was when the sours were like blowing up. Oh, that's when, yeah, you got into the sour. You had to get into the sour game, basically. Mm -hmm. And finally, in 2018, an expanded and radically renovated tap house opened with a 20 tap bar, 10 tap tasting room, enlarged cafe and kitchen, covered patio and expanded store, enabling Amagang to properly host several hundred visitors at a time. I really want to go to Amagang. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to check the uh, how long the drive is on that. I'm pretty sure it's. I think we checked last time. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's like upstate. Yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, there. I'm sure if we if we were able to make like a long weekend of it, we could hit a couple different breweries that we would normally never get to. True. Yep. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. So, for the future. So let's talk about today's beer. Keep It Crunchy is part of Amagang's new OMG series, which they call, quote, a boundless playground for irreverent innovation, a velvet revolution, our wild side, a new home for libations we love. Other beers in this series include a juicy, hazy IPA, a hazy session IPA, a New England IPA, a summer lager blended with tea and lemon, a dry hopped IPA, and finally, Keep It Crunchy is the newest installment as of this January. 
and they say, quote, this hearty granola stout is all the sustenance you will need on your next outdoor adventure. Complex and flavorful, it overflows with pecan aromas and vanilla undertones. Ooh. Bestowing a subtle sweetness that pairs beautifully with a silky texture derived from flaked oats and dried cranberries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep It Crunchy was brewed with midnight wheat, flaked oats, a blonde roast oat malt, and magnum and fuggle hops. Fuggles. <laughs> it clocks in at 6.5% ABV and has an IBU rating of 30. So Magnum hops were released by the German Hop Institute in Hull in 1980. It was bred from the American hop Galena and the German male Magnum hop, also called Hallertauer Magnum. It is still one of the top bittering hops used in Germany and is very popular uh, worldwide as well. It's now grown in Poland and France and minimally in the United States. It's basically limited to the Pacific Northwest. Magnum hops produce good yields and are resistant to disease, but this hop's extreme popularity is due to its high alpha acid with relatively low cohumulone, so it creates a much less harsh, squeaky clean, and pleasant bitterness with almost none of the grassiness that's present in other high alpha acid varieties. It has a subtle spice aroma, primarily of black pepper and nutmeg, as well as a hint of citrus. Its aroma is actually not too distinct as the primary purpose of Magnum is its strong bittering properties. And then, of course, we have Fuggle, which is an English hop that has recently been introduced in France, where it enjoys good growing conditions. Very popular with brewers, it is often used as a late addition and when dry hopping. It has a distinct European aroma, slightly floral with a woody spiciness and even a hint of mint or grass. Fuggle hops are great for English ales, lagers, Belgian-style ales, bitters, ambers, lambics, or stouts. Like the one we're drinking today. That's quite the... Versatile hop. Versatile hop. Indeed. And that's what I got. That's what I got. <laughs> I'd almost be interested in a beer that was straight up Magnum hops. Because I feel like you'd really just be able to taste like all the the wheat and the barley and the malts mm. and all that kind of stuff like you'd be able to get that much better on a beer that had a hop like that where it's only bittering no yeah. flavor yeah that's true i mean it might be gross <laughs> you might not could like be too it bitter. could end up being too bitter or the malt yeah don't give way to enough flavor mm -hmm. but it would be good as a teaching mechanism almost yeah that's true like a hey we've like this here, beer here's how you appreciate the these specific malts because right. the the hop isn't taking away from it. Yep, 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 yep. I get where you're coming from. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's uh, only one thing left to do then, huh? Let's crack that open. Ah! Was that the word of the day, Pee Wee? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Keep it crunchy, y'all. Keep it crunchy. Nice. Not as much as the smell as I thought there'd be. I'm getting. I get a little chocolate. Chocolate and. I get a little granola, I, like a little cerealness that you get when you open a granola bar, mm, but not much. Yeah. I wonder if that's the pecan. I'm very excited to try the pecan on it. Pecan and vanilla is a good combination. It is. I'm really hoping that what I think I smell of chocolate is actually vanilla because they didn't know Cocoa Nibs nope. is a. It is, is one a of the flavor. things that's listed. Yep. Ooh, 
decent head. It's the color I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. For a stout. For the sure. head is lighter than I thought it would be. Ah. Uh, but I it's guess. pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell whether it's the vanilla or the, the cacao nibs. I think poured into the glass where you're able to smell a little bit better. I mm-hmm. think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's definitely got a little bit more of a cereal kind of, or not even cereal. I always say cereal. It's, it's definitely it, more of a granola bar kind of vibe. Am I going nuts to it. think that I can smell like the cranberry too? No, there's a little bit of that fruity note even in the smell. Yeah. I think that's like that sweetness Dark, that's punching, yeah. punching up. All right. Anyway, nothing left to it but to do it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is awesome. Ooh. That is, oh, I'm, there's like waves of flavor that hit you. It's like you're eating a granola bar. Yeah. That's filled with all these different things. So the different like sips gives you different little waves of flavor. Mm-hmm. The granola and the vanilla are kind of commingled. You don't get the granola and the vanilla come in at the same time. Yep. And then the chocolate kind of comes in as if you're eating a granola bar and you get in the chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you get like that dried cranberry kind of fruitiness. Yep. See, I'm I'm picturing a very distinct, like, I feel like I could get this from Trader Joe's where it's like a granola bar with dried cranberries and like the bottom half is dipped in dark chocolate. Oh, yep, yep. I was thinking more like the dried cranberries and the uh, dark chocolate chips that are kind of like mixed inside. Yeah, same and difference. It's one of those hiker bars, but yeah, it's the same thing. Oh, like a cliff bar? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is but delicious. But that's exactly what it tastes like. And the granola is so strong. It is. Which is nice because usually way. the chocolate is is the strongest note. Mm-hmm. Which this is, is always good. Yeah, this is so balanced where the chocolate is, is in there, which I don't think you can have. You really can't have a stout without chocolate. No in there at all or at least it's very hard especially something like this but it's just so muted it's a part of a whole and not the whole Mm -hmm. it's a small part of that whole this is one of the few granola stouts where the granola shines through more than anything Mm -hmm. we've had other granola type beers like obviously the brown ales are very granola forward where yeah you can taste the granola at a brown ale Mm -hmm. but never in something where it's like a dark stout like this yeah. It's not as heavy as I thought it would be either. That was going to be my next comment, actually. Like, I was waiting to get a few more sips in before I made such a bold statement, but I think this is a fairly light stout. It is. I can have, like, I, I would have, like, another one right after this one, mm-hmm. and I, I think I'd be fine. Usually, the only stout I can do that with is, like, Guinness. Yeah. Which is, like, a different class of stout, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, mm, there's also Espressway. You know what? Yep. I've had, I've had times where I've had, I think one night that when we first bought like my, the first six pack, I went through like four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Espressway is not heavy at all either. That's different though. Cause it's like a Plus coffee, it's more coffee. Stout. Yeah. And I feel like when you have those, those are a little lighter as well. Definitely not as light as a Guinness. Cause as mm-hmm. dark and heavy as a Guinness looks, it's mostly the foam that really gives it that heft look. Yeah. And Guinness in itself is actually rather light. Mm-hmm. But yeah. When you're talking about a granola or a chocolate stout like this. The thinking is, oh, this is going to be heavy, but it's really not. It's really not. It's not light. I'm not saying it's light, but it's, I would say this is not like a session or anything. This is lighter than some hazy IPAs we've had recently, though. That's true. I think this is lighter than last week's hazy IPA. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Not to knock heavy hazy IPAs. I'm just saying that's surprising for a stout. Mm -hmm. It's just so granola at the beginning and so vanilla. And that chocolate finish is just fantastic. It is exactly how what like you want. It's like a dessert. It is like a dessert, and in such a great way. I 
I love stouts and I don't have them very often because they're just so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and unlike some people, I don't think every day is stout season. Yeah. At no, all. <laughs> no, sorry. It's not like you just like candy. You just like M&Ms, dude. Just eat M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> but stouts obviously have a time and place. And even on like a cold summer day, like if you were camping, it was cold and wet outside. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they're always got this chocolate backbone that's just really heavy or a coffee backbone that's really heavy. Yeah. And I love coffee and I, I like chocolate. But well, it doesn't lend you. itself to having that kind of beer anytime. It's right. not a food I, it's, beer. It's not creative. Like you can make some really good ones, but I don't think it makes you unique in the world or the spectrum of stout mm-hmm. or porter or what have you. But to really go heavy on the granola and the vanilla and that chocolate and cranberry are almost equal in taste. It is. Yeah. The main. Very well balanced. Granola and vanilla are first. Mm -hmm. I would say granola has a little bit of a lead on vanilla there. Yes. But then chocolate and cranberry are in like a a third, like a tied third place. Mm -hmm. And then there's just a little bit of bitterness at the end, but not enough to make to give you that like dry feeling on your tongue. The bitterness, yeah, kind of reminds ju- you, hey, it just kind of, Yeah, it just kind of balances out the sweetness. Do you think if it were less bitter, it would appear heavier? And I you think wouldn't so. want another one? Yeah. Because it cuts that sweetness. I think it's kind of necessary. So I think secretly this is actually super sweet and we just can't tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's where the Fuggle Hops come in then. Or the Magnum, rather. The Magnum Hops, yeah. The Fuggle yeah. Hops will give you a little bit of that fresh grass kind of taste mm-hmm. which i figure I, I don't think you can taste any of that in here no it's not like herbaceous it, it might give you earthy undertones but i think what it also does is calm down everything else mm-hmm. that's probably what it does in this yeah is it calms down the granola it calms down it certainly calms down the chocolate i would imagine yeah and that might be how you get a lower kind of chocolate note on this mm-hmm. it's just got a great smell as you continue to drink it it's just got such a nice light bakery smell. It does actually. <laughs> it's it's very nice. It's very, very nice. This is this is really, really this is phenomenal. I'm drinking out of my Amagan glass. Mm-hmm. Mm, love this glass. It's like a like a goblet, but it's a tall goblet. It's so interesting. <laughs> I think it's the most unique uh type glass we have. Oh yeah, one of for sure. I'm pretty sure I drank all of my uh, King in the North beers with this glass. Yes, you did. (laughs) But no, I absolutely adore this beer. I think this beer is phenomenal, which is good because I think the only bad Amagang that I had was that Cezanne episode where I'm probably not the best judge. But when I was listing the six, I think I put Amagang in last. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember where you listed that though. I don't think even I don't think you were a huge fan of it either. No, I think you put like middle of the road. Yeah, I was more forgiving than you, but I am also more of a fan of saisons than you. Yeah, our list was pretty different. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was like one of the most opposite of, of the six pack series that we did. Before which we I I knew it would be because you're so black and white on. Saisons. On Saisons, yeah. But I think we both in the same place had that that other New York brewery put the uh, that other award-winning one in. Like, I put it first, but I think um, you put it second. I can't remember what it was, to be completely Me neither, honest. with the diamond logo. And we had something else by them. Something seven. Yes. And the number, yep. 
Yeah. Anyway, anyway, if you're wondering what we're talking about, go back and check out that Saison yeah, episode. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the can is awesome. So until I pulled these out of the fridge because Elise got these and I hadn't seen them yet, I had not taken a look at these cans. Mm-hmm. So when I grabbed these right now, it was the first time I saw them. So it's a wraparound label on a tall boy can. And it is, I don't even know how to describe the colors. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's primarily shades of purple. Yeah. And then there's light caramel color brown. There's orange and silver. It almost looks like a chocolate candy wrapper. Okay, I like can see that. Really fancy candy. Uh, there's an image behind the front of the logo that's like purple crystals and orange flowers with eyeballs. Oh yeah, a it's, meditating it's like sun, super psychedelic. I love it <laughs> with an orange sky uh, and just silver undertones. So it's very shiny. Even some of the purple is shining. Uh, and then the Amagang uh, OMG series logo is really nice. It almost looks like the kind of like metal ribbons you get. It's like a bronze, gold, silver kind of color with purple and or brown and pink stripes going down as ribbons and an orange fluff around it. And then there's this caramel triangle that comes down across the image, blocking it off. Uh, and it says, keep it crunchy and very cartoony font with crystals in the center and flower. Also very psychedelic granola stout with natural flavors and caramel 6.5 ABV or alcohol by volume. On the other side of that, near the crystals, there are mushrooms that are orange and more orange sunflowers with smiley faces and a moon that's silver with purple craters. I love that the metallic touches. The metallic touches are really nice and make it really shiny. In the back, there's this purple stripe going down, darker purple stripe, where Keep It Crunchy is pointed. And it says, this hearty granola stout is the perfect companion for your next outdoor adventure complex and flavorful it overflows with pecan aromas and vanilla undertones bestowing a subtle sweetness that pairs beautifully with the silky texture derived from flakes flaked oats and dried cranberries which i believe is what elise said verbatim mm-hmm. hashtag keep it crunchy stout with natural flavors and caramel color and then it says the flavors you're supposed to get with little symbols next to it so you get cranberry honey Cocoa, cacao, cacao, no, cacao. It's just cocoa nibs. It doesn't say cacao. Cocoa nibs, pecan flavor, vanilla, and oats. One pint, 6.5 alcohol by volume. And next to it, smiley sunflower. (laughs) The only thing knock I have on this can, which I think is perfect, eye catching, interesting, really sets the tone for the can. And informative. And very informative is that the back logo, at least on my can, Mm -hmm. and probably in your can, is off center. Oh, snap. the wraparound logo is too long you lose some of the yeah there's like a quarter or a sixth of an inch that's blocked oh, when the ra- logo wraps around let me see if your can's like that yep so the last bits of letters in the description are kind of cut off and the keep it crunchy kind of logo up top is off just a little off center like they measured like a quarter inch wrong. They didn't realize they were going to wrap around it. Yeah. So I'm sure printed, if you laid it down across, it looks perfect. Mm-hmm. But like this, it looks a little wonky. But other than that, I love how it looks like a chocolate chocolate bar kind of. Wrapper. Yeah. It's awesome. Because it tastes like a granola bar. It tastes like it should be it actually, some kind of food wrapper. It kind of gives me Willy Wonka vibes. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I think that's the purple. 
that yeah. it does look like a candy wrapper and the, it's hardcore The purple, purple, the metallic, and the font. Psychedelic, because all of the Wonka stuff is psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes sense. That tracks. Oh, the smell coming off the beer gets stronger as it goes. I've noticed that with a few beers. Like you mm-hmm. can smell it more as the beer kind of airs out or as it maybe as it comes back down to room temperature. Agreed. Nah, this is just a phenomenal beer. Yeah, I'm just enjoying it now. <laughs> well, I've had a lot more than you. Are you enjoying it? I am. I, <laughs> no, I just have a different size glass than you. That's true. Your glass is very tall and skinny. You picked a very strange glass to choose for this episode. Well, they specifically recommended a chalice. So I gave I gave that up to you because it is the Amagang glass and one that you love. So. But then you chose like the tall, uh, I can't remember the name of the glass. Uh, Collins? No. No. I don't know. The it, tiki, it's one of my tiki, favorite. Cocktail, tiki cocktail glass names because mm-hmm. that's the only one we have of that type. It's the one to make certain tiki beers or tiki drinks. I can't remember what kind. Yeah. We're going to have to get in a spare one though because this one's too special to keep using. Especially as I swizzle. Because all the swizzled tiki drinks use that, that glass. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really good. Yeah. As you were describing it to me, I was like, oh, this could be good. But I was like, I still had other stouts in mind. So yeah. I was like, it's probably going to taste like a lot of the other stouts, even though they're describing it mm-hmm. with the granola and the vanilla and the cranberry. Like, I'm, I was pretty sure it's going to be chocolate, <laughs> bitter or sweet. But no, this is extremely well balanced. It's super, yeah, super well balanced in terms of its flavor profile. It is everything they say it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from some someone, me, who is not a huge, I'm not a... I don't dislike stouts, but I'm very, very picky with them. Right. You don't like Guinness. No. (laughs) Sorry. You don't like. I'm disavowing my Irish heritage. Boo on you. I do like Smittix, though. As you give me the side eye. Ain't nothing wrong with a good red ale. Smittix is an okay red ale. (laughs) I do like Smittix. I'm not going to lie. I do like Smittix as well. But yeah, you're you're not, I'm trying to think of like other stouts you like and you're not really, I mean, we did the stout and porter episode and you rated them, but I don't think you really liked. It's just not my first, it's not my go-to. Which is why I'm surprised you chose a stout for this episode. Um, well, the label spoke to me. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. And I knew that you would like it because A, it's a stout and B, it's Amagang. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just thought it would make for a really good episode and I'm glad that we did because this is, this is banging. Is this your favorite stout? It's definitely up there. I mean, as far as stouts go, the few that I do really like, I mean, I would say, uh, baby cakes from Tribus is probably number one. That's the one done with the local bakery. That was bake sale. Bake sale. Okay. Which, Big Shell was not a stout, right? I don't think so. That was like more of a brand. Okay. I'd have to double check. I Baby know Baby Cakes is good though. Baby Cakes is Tribe really Cold good. Quest is really good, but I don't think you like Tribe Called Quest from Tribus. I think That's I like strong one. I liked the Tribe Called Quest when they did the coconut variation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Also Tribus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, apparently the only stouts I like are from Tribus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Tribus's thing, like when they started. Like, Tribus took a long time to get really good at IPAs. Yeah. 
there was IPAs a lot of trial they, and error. Yeah, when they started, their IPAs weren't the best, but their stouts right off, because we went like the first or second day they opened. Yeah. And their stout were game phenomenal was right off the bat. Banging. And their IPA game was all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and obviously, they like they had beer and, and stuff like that. I don't know, at that day or like soon after, but mm-hmm. yeah, they, their stouts have always been just. Yeah, that like was their like, darker beer game is astounding. Yeah, right off the bat, they ex- they know exactly what to do there. Yeah, like you don't even like Expressway that much from Two Roads. I like it. I just because I well, you don't am like not coffee. a huge. I I I like coffee, but I don't drink it that often because it just gives me the jitters, like that meme of the skeleton on the rocking chair that's like vibrating out of its body. That's me on coffee. So weird. <laughs> Considering you have soda all the time, so like I'm surprised. No, I don't. That- I have Fresca. But you have soda. Yeah. You don't get the same effects from like a Coke or, a, or if you have a Mountain Dew with me or anything like that. When was the last time I drank a Coke? I had a couple sips of like the McDonald's that's that you not, got. That's not fair because you used to have cans of Coke with me and they never gave you that. So don't try to turn this around like I don't know what you're like on Coke. Yeah. The Coke doesn't, Coke does not affect you like coffee does. No, it doesn't. Exactly. And I don't know why. But I also, I had that, um, the food sensitivity test and coffee was one of the main like top aggravators for me. That's so weird. Yep. I'd almost want to take that test if I wasn't kind of afraid of needles. Oh, <laughs> oh! I mean, I'll do it, I guess, but yeah, you'd have to prick my finger. I couldn't do it myself. Oh, it'd be like committing suicide for me. I can go and get a shot now, like a brave boy, mm-hmm. and I can go give blood like a brave boy. I can go get my blood tested like a brave boy, which I never used to do as a kid. But what you did doing that that food sensitivity test and pricking your own finger, yeah. I couldn't do it. Eh, ain't no thing. I couldn't, I couldn't prick, I couldn't cause myself harm like that. But I also have 10 piercings and I'm going to get my sixth, sixth tattoo, seventh tattoo in a couple of weeks. The tattoo you're going to get, we'll call it your ninth tattoo with how much, how complicated that's going to be. Yeah, that's true. Mo- most of my tattoos are, so are very simple. like, yeah, they're so, <laughs> we'll, they're very like black and white yeah. and simple lines. This one's actually going to be like. A legit like color complicated tattoo. I'm we'll very call, excited. We'll call this your tenth tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Of, like it was stouts. Oh, so like took so expressway. You didn't like the other stouts. You really didn't like. I can't remember I, what you placed the stout episode. I want to kind of go back and see like what you had with that stout episode, and like, I'd be curious to see like where you'd place the stout now compared to the ones we did for the stout and porter. That's episode. true. Yeah. Because I think, while you were like, this is one of your favorite stouts, I think this might be your favorite stout based on like your reactions to all the other ones we really had. Because as we learned in the Stouts and Porter episode, Mm -hmm. Stouts and Porters, basically the same thing. Yeah. Although I think most breweries think of Porters as kind of lighter versions of Stouts. Not true. In general, Porters and Stouts are kind of just, you can... Say whatever you want. Really. Um, yeah. So I'm looking back at our posts from the the stout six pack, and from what I remember, I would absolutely place this like in the top. Um, we did 
Dragon's Milk um, from Holland Brewing, New Holland Brewing. Ugh, I don't like Dragon's Milk. I tried. I tried to like Milk Stouts. I know they're huge. Boulevard, which is the other Saison that oh, we were talking Boulevard about. Boulevard was, yep. Um, Two Rose Expressway, the Vanilla Porter from Breckenridge, which mm. is definitely a top contender for me as far as stouts go. Mm-hmm. That would be a very um, top competitor with Keep It Crunchy. And then the Samuel Smith Oatmeal Stout, which was oh, I like also good. I have a big bottle of that too. But yeah, the, compared uh, to the other ones, I would definitely place this in my top stouts. Number one stout? Mm, I can't... I. Don't put me on the spot to make it number one, but it would definitely be top three. Ooh. I'll tell you right now, this is one of the best outs I've ever had. Yeah. And to be fair, the only reason it would only be top three is because we didn't, we weren't able to include any of the Tribus uh, stouts that we just mentioned in our six pack series. Because they because, rotate. Yeah, because so they frequently. rotate. And it's very infrequent. Uh, I would say right off the bat, this is definitely top five for me. Damn. So coming from you, that's saying something. Yeah. This is, I think this might be better than Breckenridge Vanilla. Oh shit. And that's pretty high up for me too. Yeah. I think this is better than that. I don't think this is as good as Guinness. I'm a big Guinness guy. I don't think you can top that. Is it as good as Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout? Is that one of the ones that we have upstairs? When I bought that box set, yeah, that's one of the okay. big battles. So we'll be, oh, we could, we should do a comparison. We should. Off the top of my head right now, mm-hmm. gun to head, this is at least as good as Samuel Smith's oatmeal stout, Ooh. which I've always really liked the oatmealiness of it. Yeah. And that's what this You're kind very of, big on like, off the bat, that's what this kind of reminded me and of. And like, yeah. I love oats. The cereal. I love the cerealness of beer. I always That's have. Your thing. And I always will. Whether That's, it's a stout or a, a cerveza. A, a cerveza, yeah. A Mexican lager. It's just, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an amazing job. But with that extra added cocoa that doesn't intrude on that, mm-hmm. and that cranberry, which is absolutely there. As the bit the the last taste you get is cranberry. It is, which leaves you with this lingering like pleasant taste on your mouth yeah it's just like i didn't drink beer i had a candy bar yeah or i had a granola bar or i'm just like my mouth doesn't taste like a brewery yeah and that was honestly like seeing the cranberry on it was my only hesitation in getting this beer really yeah was like is this going to be too berry i can see that because when you have like chocolate and berries it tends to stink half the time yes i am when i want chocolate i want chocolate get Berries can get the fuck out of yeah. my chocolate. Chocolate, caramel, good. Chocolate, nugget, good. Chocolate, fruits. Mm. <laughs> I the only the only time I know that chocolate is going to be good with a fruit is when it's like a strawberry dipped in chocolate. Right, but that's the thing though. This is a granola bar with chocolate, yeah, chips and uh, cranberry bits in it, mm-hmm. which is why it works. I think. Yeah, but no, I mean, hold on. This is yet in 20, like, this is amazing. This year, your, I don't know if it's your beer selection powers or <laughs> just breweries in general, just really stepping up their game this year, but. I just know what I'm looking for. And I've been able to go to a couple different stores, like more than normal this year. Like I said, I was going to announce it at the end of every episode. Yeah. 
kind of like binging with Babish, another episode, mm-hmm. another uh, member of the Empty, Empty Glass, Glass Club. Club. Yep. It's just rarely happened back. Mm-hmm. Like the last, this is what, year three we've been doing this podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we might. Did we miss our three year anniversary? Did we? No, it might be. I, it's, I think it's the, it's the end of March. It's the end of March. Okay. This is like unprecedented. The last 10 weeks, 12 weeks this year has happened that almost every episode I finished the entire glass before the end of the episode. Yeah. And I mean, this episode is running a little long, but we've had 20 minute episodes or 25 minute episodes where I have finished the beer. Yeah. So like, this is incredible. And the only reason it took us so long to finish this beer is literally because we've just been talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm this As is the, the episode closest. won't even be this long because there's like a five minute conversation we had in between. I had yeah. To cut. <laughs> and look at how close I am to also being You're almost a member of the clean, clean, uh, clean glass club. Clean and play club. <laughs> Empty glass. <laughs> Empty glass club, which is for you surprising. For me, it's yeah, it's saying something, especially forest out. Yeah. And last good week job. I'm a gang. God damn. Um, again, you never failed to disappoint. Obviously, like Elise said earlier, it was served in 44 states as of 2004 or six or something. Yeah. So like by now, it's got to be in 50. At least international. It's got to be. Inter- I'm pretty sure it's international. I'm pretty would, sure that's why. Considering how Belgian style like heavy they are, I would be shocked if they're not in Europe. At least in Belgium, because they, like they, they already came have up a, Belgium. <laughs> I mentioned that they have a sister blendery. That's what I'm saying. At least in Belgium, yeah. Like two roads is served at the Guinness Brewery, mm-hmm. and two roads and Guinness kind of help each other. Not yeah. help. It, Guinness doesn't need help. Obviously, didn't they do the Irish exit with Guinness, or was that a different one? No, that was a different one that sold out immediately, and there was a line across the block, and we missed it. We were a day late because we were at Universal, and I'll never forget it Aww. because I'll never forgive myself for missing Aww. that beer. <laughs> Uh, but I also know that I b- believe, and I could be wrong about this, mm-hmm. and it could have cha- or it could have changed. But I was told that at the Guinness Brewery, Two Roads is the only other beer you can buy at the Guinness Brewery. Damn! If that's true, I am so proud of Two Roads. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but again, everyone has read Phil Mokowski's book on farmhouse sales he kind of wrote the book on beers but still that's that's super impressive it's like and that's our brewery i know (laughs) i mean that's really uh that's all i got yeah that's all i got this amagang is amazing check out anything amagang like i said i didn't like their saison but i don't like saison so i'm a bad judge Elise just finished her glass of a stout, which just should tell you something. Within, yeah, the span of an episode. Other than that, Cezanne, anything I've ever had from Mama Gang have been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Buy their beer immediately. Immediately. If you if you like beer and you see the word Mama Gang and you've never had it. Just get it. Just get it. You're going to like it. And that's all I got. All right. Well, then, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. 
Especially if you're a What else you got to plug? Buy my audiobooks on Audible, Michael Butler. I've got books like Sour, Switch, Art Front and Gangsters. Uh, I've got The Final Girl, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, uh, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment. Buy these books. I don't get paid unless you buy them. Vacation Planet is another book I did. It's a sci-fi book. Just go check those titles out and buy those books. I've got assorted other books I do as well regarding like keto diet recipes and other like <laughs> books of self-help kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I did those for the money. Cash up front. Dollar dollar so bills, y'all. I don't get paid for those if you buy those. Buy my novel novels. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't write them. I just talk about them. But they're all pretty cool. Mostly horror novels, but there's something for everyone in there. I've also got... Another podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, called Forgotten Cinema, a podcast about forgotten films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem, Forgotten Cinema, as well as Cracking Went Open, as well as a host of other fantastic podcasts and video shows are available at ForgottenEntertainment.com or anywhere podcasts are available. And that is all I have got for you. All right. Well, a special thanks for our theme composed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. <gasps> Cheers. Cheers. We clinked Ah, empty glasses. Empty glass club.